Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Clemson, Notre Dame, under the lights, 7.30 p.m., and perfect weather from South Bend, Indiana. What else do you want? Here come the Irish of Notre season has been a pre-game show for this moment, for this game. It's going to look a little bit different than everybody was anticipating. You don't get the Trevor Lawrence, Ian Book, Dabo Sweeney, Brian Kelly matchup. Instead, you get the DJ Ui Ungalale, Ian Book matchup. And probably most Notre Dame fans were thinking that this was a, a great godsend in terms of this weekend's game and the ability to win this weekend's game. And to some degree, for Notre Dame land, it probably is still not having to face Trevor Lawrence. But DJ is a player. DJ is an absolute player. He threw a couple of balls last week that were just whistling, just whistling out of his hand. And it's that wide side of the field, 15 yards and out, 20 yards and out, where he just puts it on a P. I mean, he has just a laser for an arm. And he runs about 6'5", 250. Um, and so then when he, when he took that one ball where he put it in the running back's belly, pulled it out of ETN's stomach, and then ran it in himself, you know, that looks like college Cam Newton. That's, that, he just is gliding. That guy is way too big, way too strong, way too big of an arm to be able to take off and run that smooth. This is what playing Clemson is. I mean, d- defensively, they're missing a bunch of guys. They're missing Tyler Davis. They're missing Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones, the linebacker. They're missing James Skalski, who really is the heart and soul of that defense, who's going to miss this game with a groin injury. He's missed a bunch of time this year. Trevor Lawrence, obvious. Xavier Thomas going to miss the first half of the game with a targeting call last weekend. So, I mean, these are this is the top shelf. This is the top shelf of this Clemson team that's going to miss this game. And remember, Justin Ross – is already out with a spinal injury, so they're missing guys on offense as well. But listen, Notre Dame, without Kevin Austin, without Braden Lindsey, who are probably two of their three best receivers also. So, you know, that's what this year is. That's what college football season is by the time you get to this point in the season. Guys are banged up. Guys are missing time. And that's what this weekend will be too. For Notre Dame, for Ian Book, that last weekend was a step up. I really feel like it's been a slow and steady improvement of a passing attack. Do I think it's perfect? No. I think Ian Book missed a couple of throws, namely one to Tommy Trimble where he should have had him for a touchdown. Yeah, I think he did. Uh, I think there's another one where you get Michael Mayer 
really singled up where the back shoulder was wide open. And I think he's so afraid to make a turnover, to throw an interception, to do something stupid, that he probably doesn't give his beasts enough opportunities to go be beasts. Uh, and against Clemson, I think he's going to have to give his beast chances to go be beasts because you only get so many of those one-on-one opportunities. And you got to make sure you do everything you can to give your guys a chance. Really, one of the big stories of this game is two great receiving running backs. Travis Etienne was known as Stonehands when he got to Clemson. Eric McLean, who I worked with on ACC Network and knows all about the Clemson program, still lives down in the area, said he couldn't catch a pitch. Couldn't catch a pitch when he first got to Clemson. Now they put him out wide, stop and go, deep routes, looping routes, short screen game. He's a receiver, one of the best receivers on this team. No Justin Ross means that Amari Rogers elevates to the number one spot. There's no way I would have anticipated that coming into this year. Joseph Ngata, Frank Ladson, those are the young phenoms of what would be wide receiver U of the future, but they really haven't become that yet. They're not that right now. And so Amari Rogers, Travis Etienne, some tight ends mixed into the passing game for Clemson. It's just a different feeling, different looking Clemson team. I mean, even the defensive line of Clemson. These guys are young. Miles Murphy, Brian Bruzzi, playing a lot of football. And I mean, they're they're true freshmen. They're true freshmen playing all that football. And with no real offseason, they're the leaders of this Clemson defense. Like you look at the best grades on this Clemson defense, and they're true freshmen. You look at the leaders and pressures, and they're true freshmen. Brian Bruzzi, 17, first on the team by a lot. Second on the team, Miles Murphy, he's number 98. He has 12 pressures. Look at the sack numbers. Miles Murphy, three and a half, first on the team. Brian Bruzzi, he's second with three sacks. So that's what it is. It's a young, five-star, best-in-the-nation recruits, against an experienced Notre Dame offensive line that Brian Kelly feels like is one of the best he's ever had. So can the most experienced, one of the best offensive lines Brian Kelly feels like he's ever had go move a young and beat-up defensive front of Clemson? That's question number one. Can that group wear out a young front for Clemson? Like, Let me just read you through the roster up front, who's going to be playing for them. K.J. Henry is a redshirt sophomore. Tyler Davis is out for this game. He's only a sophomore. So that means who steps in for him? You got a redshirt sophomore on the bench behind him. You got a redshirt sophomore on the bench behind him. And you have a redshirt freshman on the bench behind him. So it's just a really young group. So redshirt sophomore and true freshman Brian Bruzzi. Another true freshman, Miles Murphy. That's their defensive front. Tyler Davis, a sophomore, he's out. Balen Spector is one of the most experienced players in this defense. He plays weak side linebacker. He's a redshirt junior. Jake Venables, the defensive coordinator's son, is a redshirt sophomore. He's the starting middle linebacker. As Skowski, the heart and soul we told you about, is out. Mike Jones is only a redshirt sophomore. He's out of the game. Trenton Simpson very well may come in for him. He's a true freshman. Tyler Venables, the other son of defensive coordinator Brent Venables is a true freshman that is behind him. So you can really see how thin, how young and thin this Clemson defense is. And the back end is somewhere where I really think Notre Dame can have success. 
And they're going to have to. They're going to have to take pressure off the running game. They're going to have to be multiple. You can't be singular against this kind of a defense, this kind of a defensive coordinator. Yeah, they're young, but they're five-star recruits, and they have one of the best coaches, A, and Dabo Sweeney, B, and Brent Venables, that are coaching them along the way. And this is midseason, so it's not like this is an early game in the year where they don't have any experience. They all have some playing in-game experience at this point. I think these Notre Dame wide receivers – Ian Book, Javon McKinley, who really did some nice things last week. I'm thinking about that back shoulder fade down the sideline, one-on-one. Ian Book's giving him those chances, and he's coming up with them. Another one was when Ian was scrambling out to the left. Javon had already ran an out route and was really pretty open. But Ian's scramble drill already, and Javon sprinted right back to the middle of the field, found an open zone, got the ball, turned it up, and he's hard guy to tackle after the catch. Avery Davis make a couple of plays uh, in the mix as well. Wilkins, he'll be a factor. But I really think that the number one wide receiver in this game is Ben Skoranek, as was the plan all season long. It just took him a second to get healthy. He now is. So that's the lay of the land. Venables is going to want Notre Dame to throw the football. Brian Kelly, Tommy Reese, they're going to want to run the football. That's going to be plan A. If plan A is a go, Jarrett Patterson among four other vets, are going to have to have an awesome day in the trenches. And so I figured he's probably the best guest to have on for this show. Here is star center Jarrett Patterson. Uh, Jarrett, I want to start with the game this weekend. Clemson, Notre Dame, what are you sensing? What do you think that the environment might be like? Is it going to have the same big game feel with only the students in the stands? Um, yeah, I mean, I think so. I think, you know, one thing we've really been emphasizing, especially with Dr. Selking, uh, this this during this week is not not to hype it up too much because at the end of the day, we still have you know plenty of more games to play during this season. You know this Clemson game is not the the grand finale. You know winner take all. So I think that's just a really mo- most important thing that guys on the team need to do, just not to overhype it too much and just play our brand of uh, football. That's an interesting thing you said because it does feel like no matter what, it's going to be a two round heavyweight fight. You know even if you win this fight, you probably got to play them again. If even if you lose, you still probably got to play them again. Yeah about that in the locker room a little bit like is that do you feel a little bit of that going on i mean i ideally want to be ac championship but you know we still have to play a good boston college team next week you know north carolina after our bye week so we can't get you know too far ahead of ourselves you know 100 percent. how about just this offensive line it seems like every notre dame offensive line kind of has their own personality how would you define this group's personality um i think overall what we want to be at the end of the season is you know assignment sound and technique sound as well i mean we're, we're a couple easy going guys but when it's time to work you know we come to work and i think overall just we've been playing together the past you know year and a half almost two full seasons now and we've really you know come together strong in our communication we we all know where we're going to be and we all have that trust for you know each guy next to us one of the things that robert hainsey told me was that this group has a little more fun than offensive lines that he's been around why do you think that that is where does that come from I think that's, you know, Coach Reese, you know, Coach Taylor, Coach Kelly, and Coach Quinn really want us to, you know, start bringing, you know, more juice to practices than during this season compared to last year. You know, whether it's in the weight room, we're all yelling around, you know, the RBs and QBs, you know, on the practice field, you know, before like our big team run periods. I think that's what we were trying to do is just, you know, energize the team. Because compared to last year, I think that's something we lacked, especially towards, you know, November, towards December. Hainsey also said that Tommy Reese, offensive coordinator Tommy Reese, will come in and just say specifically the offensive line, we are going to run the football yep. here. 
How do you hear that? How do you take it when he comes over and says, it is run time, boys. Let's go do it. I mean, early in uh, spring, we know Coach Reese had our first meeting as offense coordinator as a whole unit. He told us, you know, third and short, third and two, third one, we're going to be 100% in the season. That's our goal. And that right there, I was like, yeah, like, we're, we're going to run the football this year. Like, there's, there's no question that, you know, at third and two, we're not going to throw it, you know, or try to get cute. We're just going to run it straight at you. And to me, that just set the tone right away for us, and we started going to work. You most certainly have. Two unbelievable tight ends, too. Just give yep. me the style as an offensive lineman, as a blocker, but also as a receiver. Give me your breakdown of Tommy Tremble and baby Gronk Michael Mayer. I mean, it's hard to see on the field, but when we watch film after the games, I mean, seeing those guys, what they do, I mean, Tommy Tremble's an absolute psycho out there. That guy's a maniac. And seeing what he, he does, I can imagine being, you know, the opponent and seeing those two and how they block. Because it doesn't happen often. You don't see it. There's not that many guys in the country that can do that. So having those two on the edge or playing fullback and short yards, that like that really benefits us a lot. It gives us more options to do in our run game as well. And you mentioned the run game. Kyron Williams, Chris Tyree, I mean, they are electricity factories when they yeah. take off and run the football. When you're playing young running backs, though, it can sometimes be tough, specifically in pass protection, to teach them what the heck that their job is. What advice have you given the young backs about where to fill in pass protection, what to look for, and how to be effective? Well, I think first our protection game plan, the Coach Reese, you know, being a former quarterback here, playing a similar style of offense, he really helps those guys, helps us understand what we're going to do early on in the week. And really, I think it's just repetition for him. That's really just the biggest key for him. I mean, those guys, they'll stick their nose in. I mean, there's been times where we haven't done a good job up front. Some, you know, maybe a guy looped through a defensive end and, you know, Kyron or Chris is getting their nose right in there and, you know, popping them. So, I mean, those two are not afraid. Same with Sebo uh, and Jafar. Those guys all do a tremendous job in pass protection. Just given the experience that you guys have up front, we had Ian Book on last week, and he was even saying that, you know, some of the checks, pass protect, protection checks that you're able to now make at the line of scrimmage. Uh, and he singled out the communication between yourself uh, and Book. How has that evolved over the years, and how much freedom do you guys now have to make a few last-second adjustments that maybe you didn't have in the past? I think it's, you know, Ian having – and the coaches having more trust in me, being my second year at center. I mean, it's past, you know, year and a half, seeing a lot of different looks from a lot of different, you know, teams and some good defenses. And, you know, we break it down. Sometimes, you know, we break it down together and talk about it, you know, before practice. So it's really just having that trust and that bond that we've you know, really created the past, you know, season and a half. How much difference the communication this season and all these empty stadiums compared to years past? Um, I mean, at first, you know, I wasn't too sure, you know, how it was going to be. But I mean, out there in the field, you honestly don't really notice. But I mean, obviously, you're know, playing on a road environment it makes it easier. You know, a place like Georgia and Michigan last year got loud and get a little hectic at times. But you know, as far as this season, you know, communication's been really good. You know, home or you know, away. Jared, how, how close do you think this team is right now? 6-0, and it's been this build-up to the Clemson game. How close do you think this Notre Dame team is to reaching its full potential? I think we're close. I think we're really getting there. We're starting to, you know, defense is playing lights out offensively. You know, we're starting to all, you know, come together all phases of the game, as special teams too. So I think we're really getting there. I mean, Coach Polian said it best. You know, November, December, that's, you know, where championship teams separate themselves. You know, I think – we're starting to establish ourselves, you know, top of the pecking order in you know, college football. I, I think it's, it's really exciting for us. 
What separates this defense? Because like, I, I know you had a, a long summer of going up against this defense every single day. Uh, and Clark Lee, who's going to be a head coaching candidate at a whole bunch of places. There's going to be a lot of schools trying to come and go get Coach Lee. Uh, what stands out when you've watched this group play through six games? I think just how gap and assignment sound they are. I mean, you know, some defenses, you know, there's times, you know, opponents we've played where they get out of their gaps and it creates huge lanes for us where we take advantage. You know, with our defense, they don't give – they hardly ever give those looks you know, to us or our opponents. I think it's just that bond, you know, the pride. We have great leaders like Dalen Hayes, you know, Ade, Kurt up front, you know, Drew White. So just all those guys do a tremendous job playing together. I, they love Coach Lee too. Coach Lee's you know, a great man, you know, a great coach, and you know, we all respect the heck out of him. He's done a tremendous job. Do, do the offensive players get to know Coach Lee at all? Like, is there any possibility for that, or is that almost two separate groups? Yeah, I think it's a little separate. Um, you know, Coach Lee, for the most part, at least to us, seems quiet. You know, but I've heard the whole ask from uh, defensive guys. You know, in that room. But um, yeah, he's he's seems like a really good dude. I mean, he'll come up and talk to us and after practice how we're doing, things like that. And did you play for Coach Heestan, too, or what's been your process offensive line coach-wise, uh, and what do you think of the latest addition? Uh, I was not with Coach Heestan. Um, actually, you know, Coach Quinn and Coach Bowen offered me late in my uh, high school recruitment. So it's, it's kind of a, you know, crazy, crazy um, time, you know, coming to Notre Dame, but obviously you know, the best decision I made. And overall, Coach Quinn's a great man. I mean, you know, he's taking us over to his house and – you know, all these times looks after us, takes us, you know, bowling, things like that. Just really wants, you know, our bond, our group to be a family. And that's, you know, for me, you know, schools always say, you know, we have a family environment here. But, you know, Notre Dame, that's, I truly felt that, you know, as far as definitely a position group as a team, that that family bond was there. Historically, these great Notre Dame offensive lines, it seems like they only hang out with each other. Like if you ever see one offensive line, you see like six at the exact same time. Is that the same with this group? Like, what, what's, what is this group doing? You guys all hang out together? You guys room together? Uh, uh, Before COVID, yeah. I mean, last season, every Thursday, we didn't always get together and watch Thursday Night Football. You know, of course, now, you know, we you know, stay away from that just to be safe. But, yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, doing things together and going out, you know, before, you know, COVID happened, yeah, we used to always be together. I mean, even in the locker room now, we'll still all hang out. We'll just start, you know, mask on, things like that. Mm-hmm. Can you all hang out in one room, or do you guys everyone just sit six feet apart? Like uh, actual day to day, what is what is it like day to day being in the building? It's uh, it's it's definitely different. I mean, the trainers are always on us to be apart. I mean, the meeting room is super spaced out. Um, some position groups have to be in the auditorium. You know, we meet in a you know, huge room, all you know, one one chair, you know, one table, and only one guy. You know, at least I mean, all twelve feet apart at least. So it's been different, but. I think everyone's handled it very well. And our, um, our staff has done a tremendous job. Mm-hmm. And speaking of different, this game just happened to fall on election week. The Clemson game did. How has it changed the normal weekly routine for you? Yeah, so as far as our schedule, it just kind of pushed everything back a day earlier. Um, so yesterday, you know, Sunday was like our regular Monday. You know, today we have practice and, you know, tomorrow we have off. So it's been a little different. But I mean, but as far as, you know, once Wednesday starts up, we'll be back on our, our basic, you know, normal routine again. How about just some of the greatest mentors that you've had? I mean, I heard that you had the former offensive linemen zooming and skyping in with the offensive line through quarantine. Any fun stories there? Uh, who were some of your favorites to hear from? I mean, my favorite is having you know, Jason Kelsey because he had you know played under Coach Quinn uh, his time in Cincinnati, and you know we're asking him questions. Next thing you know, you know, <laughs> Jason Kelsey puts his you know, computer on the ground and starts getting his dance. And 
you know, showing us his footwork and things like that. I think that was, you know, the best one, you know, for me personally, because, you know, he's one of the best, if not the best, you know, center in the NFL right now. And, you know, a guy I look up to, so, you know, seeing him just get up there, you know, start talking about what he does and, you know, how he's, you know, so successful. I think that was the most impressive thing for me. I mean, all those guys were great, though. We had the Martin brothers, uh, Ronnie Stanley, all those guys, you know, were awesome, gave us a lot of great advice, you know, while breaking down film. What, what kind of questions were you curious to ask uh, guys that are already having success in the NFL? Like, what, what, what were you curious about? Uh, mostly asking about how to, like, approach. Um, you know, for me, I asked about questions about outside zone because that was something that we've really emphasized this season in our run game. So asking, you know, Jason Kelsey about his outside zone, you know, how's, you know, stake defenders, take them up field, you know, what do you do? What's your, your know, mindset going through? What are you thinking throughout the play? I think just things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are good questions to ask. So five <laughs> on this offensive line, you guys are now I mean, almost unanimously, it would be very rare, accepted as the best offensive line in college football. Do you guys hear and appreciate that and wear it as a badge of honor? Or do you guys prefer bulletin board material where you have something to be mad at every single week? How do you accept that being sort of unanimous at this point? I mean, it's, you know, it's definitely nice to hear, but at the end of the day, I mean, it, it doesn't matter now. When it's all, you know, said and done at the end of the season, you know, then we'll, you know, take it in and, you know, say, yeah, we were. But, you know, for now, you know, that's the stuff, that's stuff, you know, you can't listen to because every day we're striving to be better because we know we can improve up front and we're not, we're nowhere close to where we want to be. So I think that's just the most important thing we got to do. So what are the biggest things that this offensive line still needs to improve on, still needs to get better at? I think are just our fundamentals overall. You know, I think we're very assignment sound. We know where to be against, you know, all these different looks. We just got to keep working on our technique. I think that's just the biggest thing and you know, something we talk about for Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. Now, another thing with this season, I feel like Notre Dame you know, in the past at times has played a little down to a level of competition. It doesn't seem to matter this year who you guys are on the field with. It almost seems like there's a Notre Dame standard level of play that has to be met how is that being emphasized in a different manner over past years that you've been in the program? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, you know, where our coaches do a great job of is saying, we're going to play to our standard. We're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're not going to worry about what the opponent is going to do on game day. We're going to worry about ourselves and focus on ourselves. So I think that's just a really most important thing. It doesn't matter who's out there. We're going to play to our level that we need to be at. And you do that all year long for an opportunity like a Clemson game so that you're used to playing at the top standard. When you watch this Clemson defense on tape, what is it that stands out? Xavier Thomas going to miss the first half of the game. One of their best on that defensive front will then come back in the third quarter, uh, you know, walking out of the field like water boy or something, getting dropped off on the fan boat. It's going to be crazy when he comes under the game. But when you watch their team play on film, what is it that pops? I think that, you know, also, all different looks. I think the depth they have, especially on you know, defensive tackle position. I mean, they have guys that can you know play all over. They, you know, they, their defense coordinator asks them to do a lot, but you know they're very sound. They have very good technique. Play very good at their hands. And overall, they show you know, they obviously show a lot of different looks. Nothing that we've seen before, but they execute all those looks you know at a very high level. That's what makes them so talented. And they show you know they'll show looks one week, and they don't really go back to them again. So they're really you know a game plan defense. So we're going to be prepared to see all those looks on Saturday night. And it's going to be, it's going to be a really good challenge for us. I mean, we're excited to take it on. For offensive linemen at Notre Dame, like we'll tell stories about you guys for years to come. That's just the nature of what this is. I've lived through it enough times to know it now. Like we'll, we'll tell the stories of Zach, Martin, and 
and Nick Martin and Ronnie Stanley. Like, we'll talk about these forever. Jared, how do you want to be remembered in five years, 10 years from now when we're telling the story of Jared Patterson? Honestly, I think, you know, for me personally, I just want to be remembered as a great leader. I think as one of the best centers, you know, to come through here at Notre Dame, just through my work ethic, ethic, you know, what I've done on the field and just leading, you know, younger guys to the level where they want to be. I think that's what I want to be remembered as, you know, five, ten years down the line. Mm-hmm. Well, best of luck to you. It's going to be a great game on Saturday. I can't wait to watch it. It's going to be a blast to watch you guys go up against that front. Uh, and enjoy the moment, man. These kind of opportunities only come around ever so often. Thanks for taking time to hang with us this week. Appreciate it, Jack. Yep. Have a good one. So that's the word. The stage is set. You heard him say a deep defensive line. Notre Dame has a deep defensive line, too. The battle of the trench is always probably the most intriguing when you look at these big, elite, top-shelf, top-tier college football matchups. And Dalen Hayes over on the Notre Dame defensive line. You heard Jarrett talk some about how assignment sound the Notre Dame defense is right there. Dalen Hayes, for the first time this season against Georgia Tech, played like a top 10 pick. We finally got to see his best form. Everybody talks about him like the leader. Everybody says he's been a great leader this entire year. If Dalen Hayes can come back to that standard, Ade Ogundeji has already been playing great all year. If they can have two bookend edge rush pass defenders in the face of a true freshman quarterback, that would create a long afternoon. This game just plays so different in my head every time I think about it. There's a million different possibilities. I think it's a bigger game for Notre Dame than it is for Clemson. Be a really hard case for Notre Dame if they lose to a backup quarterback at home when they're mostly healthy to go sell to the playoff committee that, hey, we're still able to hang with the best. People are going to start to lose the faith. So if you're going to go win one of these big four-versus-one games, it doesn't feel like opportunities come around much better than this for Brian Kelly. Number one, number four, Notre Dame, Clemson, primetime, under the lights, South Bend, Indiana. It's going to be a perfect night. This is just as good as college football gets. Enjoy the show. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.